Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Shoot360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. That's what I was going to ask you is, is how often are you stopping in your scrimmages and in your play? So if it's because obviously you want to teach throughout it. So take us through kind of what that looks like. Well, you know, if you've got a player that's rotating wrong and to be honest, you know, sometimes they're going to read stuff that, you know, some of them just have it and they can they can read, even though maybe they're supposed to rotate right. They rotate left and pick it off or. Or, you know, they, they read something different than I would read. And you have to let it go. At least I do. And but if but if it's just continually wrong or you've got a kid that's just not in the right spot, especially like on a press break uh, or they're not kicking in the head like we think they should. We're going to stop it then and, and talk them through it or try to talk them through it. But we we rarely just stop practice. Now, we treat it like four quarters. So, you know, at the end of the quarter, go grab some water real quick. Sometimes we throw the JV on to run a, a, a quarter, a short quarter at that, uh, four minutes. And that that's where the rest is. Sometimes they don't have but one sub per team. You know, sometimes we go best on best. Sometimes we go against the JV. Uh, so, uh, you know, we just try to give them a different look every time. But we don't stop it a whole lot. Man, coach, that's really good. I think how how simple can practice become when when here here are a few things we want to work on for our scrimmage today, and then based on how the scrimmage goes, I would imagine that gives you a really good look at okay, here's here's what we need to work on for tomorrow. Instead of, I mean, how often are we just guessing? You know, we we yeah. we worked on this today, but we didn't really get to see them do it a lot. So, and eh, maybe we do it again tomorrow. Go. I think there's a lot of clarity. In co- in the co- in your coaching because of the way you run your scrimmaging, yes, and you know that's also how you figure out who can play and who can. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know because some guys are very good drill players and they're gonna you know you put them on the gun and they're gonna make a bunch of shots, but all of a sudden they're sprinting down the floor and somebody's running at them, they can't make a shot to save their life. And uh, I don't do it as much. It was a lot of work, I have to admit. But when I was at Koontz, we statted every practice. It was cumulative. And, uh, for example, you know, a, a, a turnover was a minus one. A steal was a plus one. A made shot's a plus one. Uh, a missed shot's a minus one. So it was a simple plus-minus system. And then we statted it up at the end. But we kept it cumulative. And that's how we literally got our starters, the top mm. five guys started so you could pass somebody up so it was determined from practice not from the games and um so i, I don't do it as much I, to be honest it's a lot of work i mean yeah you know when you break it down a, a, a four quarter uh, scrimmage at practice it's there you're looking at an hour and a half minimum and 
Plus, I, you know, at Coons, my players, we, we were literally eight to ten deep. As Whereas at East Chambers, we've had a lot of really good players, but we have not been as deep. We, we've been more like seven deep. And so it, it's a little bit easier to figure out. But uh, we did uh, – we went to state in 2016, and I felt like we had a player or two that was dogging a little bit in practice. And it, it was – what I started doing was cutting their time in the game a little bit. I had a rotation, but they, they figured it out. I didn't say a word to them. I started cutting their time. I wasn't putting them back where I used to put them back. And then I started statting practice, and I would post it. And it would have JV on there, too. And one of those players was, like, at number 14. And, and I highlighted it. And he finally got the picture and started, you know, he just wasn't flying around. I didn't think he was flying around like he should have been. And so you can kind of get their attention with that type stuff. Are you when you say statting it? Are you just doing kind of a plus minus system like we would normally do absolutely, for? Okay. Absolutely. And the only thing that you could get a plus two or a plus three, for example, a made three was a plus two, but a minus, but a but a missed three was a minus one. So you were encouraged. Of course, yeah. if you can't make a three, you better not shoot it because it's a minus. And but if you took a charge, that's a plus three. And we, we we also threw some things in there later. We made a stat part. If you dove on the floor after a loose ball, that was a plus three. The problem with that, you'll have them diving on the floor when they have no chance for the ball and think they're going to get a plus. <laughs> uh, plus it, plus it. <laughs> <laughs> we had to monitor that a little bit, a little bit better. Uh, but we still somewhat use that. Uh, I just don't do it in practice. And, you know, with Huddle now, Huddle breaks it down – or are you so, oh my gosh, they made it, they made it so easy on us. You know, you send it in the huddle and they have it broken down for you about eight hours later. And so you can see who's producing and not. And you're you're trying to put two producers on the floor. I would imagine that makes two things. It makes practice very competitive. Because I think there if you don't have a system like that, or if player players will tend to to think that. I'm locked into this spot. There's nothing I can do to make it better, my situation better to get more time, but there's also nothing I can do to get worse or, or get less time. So I would imagine it makes it really competitive. And then two, the biggest struggle that we almost all have is with playing time and either parents or players, sometimes both, not understanding why and not being on the yeah. same page with us. This gives you instead of just sitting across from a parent and saying, you know, uh, subjectively, I just don't think he's where the other guys are. It might be true, but that's hard for them to grasp. This gives you data. Like, listen, when we scrimmage, here's where your son lines up on top of maybe some intangibles that I see that he could be better at too. Yes. And to be honest, I haven't sat across from a parent in probably 20 oh, something years. Seriously. Um, we, <laughs> I know that's a problem. Coach, that's rare. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been around a long time, and yeah, you know, been in Southeast Texas. So, I I, I had I'm not bragging. I just I do have a decent re reputation. So, and, and right now at East Chambers, seriously, I'm coaching sons of guys I coached the first time I was at East Chambers. They're not going to come talk to you. They no. they know they know. No. And our our basic rule is this anyway. We tell them up front, don't bring a parent. If it's about playing time, I don't want to talk to your parent. You come talk. You're not mm -hmm. on my door. I, 
I'll be glad to talk to you. And I'm going to be very blunt when I do. Uh, you know, we're, we're not going to lie to you. And uh, this is the reason. But like when I was at Koontz and, and when I was at HA for that matter, we would say the, the top eight are going to play. You're guaranteed if you're in the top eight. And we would keep that posted. So they knew right where they stood. And, you know, so I had at Koontz, I did have a player or two come in one time and, you know, coach, what can I do for more time? I said, where are you on the list? Well, I'm number 11. Well, you're not going to get to play anymore. I'm like, who are you going to beat out? I would like name them. Who are you going to beat out? And they, they, they would, they understand. And, and a lot of times it wasn't from lack of effort. It's just that player was better. And our job. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I think right now, I think right now, uh, players and parents, they, they sometimes confuse playing time with how much we care about their kid. Absolutely. And it's not the so, same. It, you know, it's funny because I've had two stories, one of them from H.J., one from Coons, where I had a kid come in that was wanting more playing time. I told him it's not going to happen. I mean, it's just not going to happen. And I said, don't quit. This team's going to the state tournament. Nobody's going to know in 20 years whether you played or not. You got a medal just like everybody else. And you're an important part of this team for practice purposes. You know, those type kids give you a picture in in, in uh, practice. And yeah. not only that, when their attitude's right, they give you something on the on the sideline. They can talk to players, even though they're not getting to play, they can talk to players that are coming off, off the floor. Because you can see stuff on the sideline. Playing so few guys over the years, have you, which that's impressive with the fast tempo style like you have. You guys must be more of like a Loyola Marymount where uh, the workouts are tough. Those dudes are in shape to play that style for, for even 32 minutes at only seven or eight guys. H- have you had a lot of issues with players quitting or being disruptive negatively on the bench when they realize, man, I'm, I'm 9, 10, 11, 12 or beyond? No, I have not had any problems. And, you know, I've gotten <laughs> I've, I've mellowed in my age. Um and I'm told that by my ex-players too. Uh, <laughs> when I was younger, if you, I mean, I would whack you for whatever. I mean, I, I remember I whacked a guy, my very first job, game four. He was a starter and he wasn't playing hard. And I realized he was only going to play hard when when it was easy. You know, if we're going to beat somebody, oh, he's going to play hard. He's flying around, but you, we got to work. He wasn't. And I cleaned his locker out. And you know, I pulled the scab off early, and I did that in my younger years. I don't, I don't do that as much now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk them off the cliff, so to speak. Mm. But, but we don't have much of that. Seriously, yeah. uh, they already know ahead of time. They, they've, they've been through the system. They, they've watched us. You know, at a small school, I, man, I'm watching them in the seventh and eighth grade. I already know who can and who can't, and they watch us. They, they know what is expected, and it's the same. You know, they're running the same stuff that we are. Hmm. And so uh, it, it's not a, it's, it's not been a problem. And, you know, we do like like, for example, this year, my point guard never came off. Never. I mean, he could go 32 minutes pressing and, and wow. running. We had we had uh, one or two players that we never subbed them out. They would stay. And even when I was at Coons, we won state in 04. Uh, and my best two players were Keith and Hancock and uh ashton hall and basically i had a rotation with eight players but keithan and ashton never came off until the game was underhand 
And that's just the way it was. And they were in that type of shape where you did not have to sub them out. And, um, you know, but, you know, in a, in a, in a, the perfect world, you would have everybody where you can give them a couple minutes here and there. Sure. It's not always the perfect world, especially at a small school. And our job isn't to make everybody happy. Our job is to help the team to put them in a position where they can win on a Tuesday or Friday night. And then obviously there's way more to what we do than just winning. Because if it's just about that, then you don't care about the kid. You don't care about the relationships. And you probably, in my opinion, you don't have a 37-year career with 900-plus wins. Yes, I've, I've been very fortunate. And we, we, we do have a very good relationship with our kids. And, you know, to be honest, a lot of that is not just from me, but our assistant coaches are very good at it. But my wife is also. Um, you know, one of the things we do, since, especially since I've been at East Chambers, um, my wife cooks for all the home games. And we have food back there. It's not just for the kids, but it's for administrators and parents. Heck, whoever wants food. And first off, she's an unbelievable cook. Hmm. I mean, ask around town. And uh, so we kind of we kind of get our culture by by doing that and feeding the, feeding the kids and taking care of. Them. They know we're going to take care of them, but we expect something in return, and that means you play your tail off. And you act right, and you act right in the classroom, and uh, you know you act right out out in public. And so they're, you know, it's a give take with us. You talked about the shape that your guys are in. Um, obviously, the scrimmaging, you know, playing four quarters at the style of play that you that you run, I would imagine that gets them in shape. But are you are you having them also just run to run to get in that type of shape? We we, we don't ever line up at the end and run. If that's what you're asking or, or if, even throughout, but yeah, if you see us, if you see us get on the line and run, somebody screwed up and it's, and not just screwed up, it's screwed up several times. Hmm. Uh, we, we never, we never runs, you know, horses or, or whatever you want to call them. Ours, you know, even our shooting drill, we, even our layup drill, our layup drills, full court layups. Uh, they have to make 70 layups with four balls going at the same time, full court in two minutes. And if they don't make it, then there's push-ups and they go again. And we and they know that we're, we're going to go until we make it. If it takes us seven or eight times, then that's just the way it is. And, and of course, I usually blow a gasket once that happens because it, it throws practice off because that's one of those things you should get through in four minutes because we go – you know, left-handed, and then we go right-handed. Uh, so that's two minutes each. And, you know, when they don't make it, it, it throws it off. And, uh, you know, you, in a bad mood there briefly. Mm -hmm. I, I get over it pretty quick. But <laughs> everything is, everything is, uh, you know, like I said, full court. And there's a standard they have to meet. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.